To me and my podcast listeners, welcome to another installment of Exo Swords with your host, Don Torres on the Dom of Vex. I'm your host, this is Dylan, my lovely, amazing co-host, as always, a great comic book creator. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, you know, I'm just hanging out, ready to talk about this awesome set of books that you made me read. <laughs> it's it's literally an amazing, like I said, like we said in the last episode and all of these other episodes, the stuff that they're doing in the X office and on these titles are just mind-blowing. It's a whole bunch of creators doing all of the stuff that they love, and it's turning out really great. Credit our dudes, Benjamin Percy, Vida Ayala, Zeb Wells, Steven Segovia, Victor Bogdanovich, Mateo Lolly, you guys are doing it and, and kicking it. Yeah, let's just let's just start off and, and get literally right into these four issues. Wolverine number six, X-Force 13, Marauders 13, and Hellions number five. Yes. Can we can we just talk I, I wanna like do a sidetrack here. Wolverine number six and X-Force 13 have the same artist, Victor Bogdanovich. If you guys aren't familiar with his work, please check out yang's new superman stuff which is awesome but man i love his logan i i think he really fits what a wolverine book should be like i love his art and and i really like the the tone that he brings to logan and and that character and that that mindset yeah, the because this isn't just your regular like Logan going off on his own missions. This isn't Ray, this isn't Logan being a teacher or just a team leader. He's now part of the intelligence community of Krakoa, which means he's part of the intelligence community of the world. And he's got diplomatic stuff, he's got a leadership, and he can't just do anything for himself anymore. It's a, It's got to be very selfless now because of everything he's working towards for the future, and especially being basically... Um, for lack of a better word, you know, deities to to the people of Krakoa being one of the five, you know, this is a, or it's the five, right? Or the original, what, what do they call that? He, no, he was part of the new, um, he was part of the new wave of X-Men that came in giant size. No, 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 I mean, in this, no, 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 what is, the, like him, um, like Cyclops, they, they got reborn first and they, they were, were they called the five or were they called... And he's part of that, right? Like, Wolverine was literally part of the group that got killed on the Orca station. And now he's over here, like you said, doing the dirty work for Krakoa. Yeah. And as always yeah. doing the dirty work, because that's Wolverine. He's the best at what he does. And it's dirty work, you know? And no one, yeah. He, and no one is yeah. better. Hands hands down. And I, I think you're right. I think it's a really good, well-written Logan. It it feels natural. It feels like the character we've known all these years, while at the same time giving us something a little bit new, but nothing out of the ordinary, you know? And that's what's important when you do these characters that have these histories. And that's what, like, a good writer will do. It will it'll make us feel nostalgic and make us feel comfortable and warm, but then see a completely new set of situations for them to deal with. What I love about Percy, and I agree with you on, on these notions, is that he just gets the monologue of him right. I think that's the one thing that some writers have a tendency to struggle with, especially on single or team Logan stories. It's getting his voice right. It's getting to the depths of what Logan has gone through over the years, the pain, the trauma, the suffering, the literal blood that he shed for himself and for his teammates him just talking about going through literally everything in his life just to get to this one spot in this tournament you really feel 
what Logan is just going through. You're going, you're, you're seeing what he's looking at, what, what he sees this 9v10 swords tournament as. It's, it's, it's really beautiful stuff. It's, it's amazing. And it was, it's so cool to see the, 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 uh, the samurai stuff coming back and then, and giving homage to all that. And like, once again, like, hey, we're going to do something. Remember, remember the hand? Now here's the hand that's like d literally demons now. Like how, how, it's so freaking, it's so cool. And when he goes, when he finds out that he, he, okay, I have to find a sword. I'm the next one in. Okay. The tournament. I got to find a specific sword. I know exactly what I have to do from, from his uh, part in the, um, what's it called, premonition or what was? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, what With he all learns, the prophecies and all that. What he what he learns from that's the word I was looking for. What he learns from the prophecy is that he has to go find a specific sword, and the sword is what the one sword that can the cut. Mura Masa. That's right, the Mura Masa, the only sword that can cut adamantium. Done by this crazy swordsmith that literally puts souls, souls into the swords, man. Making him that strong. Oh, coincidentally, he just happens to be going up against someone that has skin of adamantium. So, they both, the only swords they can fight each other with are these. And it's It's, it's really amazing. Awesome. It's, it's literally amazing. Yes. It's it's just, and, and what you said about the homage, I, I love Wolverine stories where he's, where he's like on himself, like by himself and, and going through all of this stuff. Like the best, I think like, I, I also enjoy the Logan stories that have him like going to other places, especially Japan, just because of all of the symbolism that, that, that him going to that nation brings and, and all of that he's went through, right. With his wife, with everything in 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 those specific areas of of his timeline life uh, and and all, again like the homages with freaking silver samurai his dead wife and learning how to craft the sword from the muramasa creator himself muramasa and and again the monologue the the narration it, it blows you away because you're like percy holy crap you get logan you get what this character brings to the table i one of the coolest things i thought from this issues like that they're putting out there are all these like opening quotes you know they're really cool they kind of get the tone of what's happening and kind of feeling like we're seeing we're getting into people's heads around this time and wolverine had a really cool one in this issue um what what was it again he said for most of us been to hell and back is just an expression I know from first-hand experience, this place is the best there is as punishment. By mining the pain already inside you, by accounting for what you owe, hell is where the past catches up with you, and I'm here because the past is caught up to me. Now we're all due for a reckoning. It's it's amazing stuff. Like I I was so shocked that he got Logan in literally that one page alone. It was mind blowing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. And. It's per it's perfectly written. Besides it being just a crazy uh, monologue to kind of throw in there, it sounds straight from the heart, not the voice, not the brain. That came from the heart of Wolverine, and it's such a really cool thing. And with and with that those quotes right there that you read, it just solidifies that this person really knows how to write for Logan, hands down. And on top of it, 
he's not just saying what's coming from his mind. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he's writing from what's in Logan's heart. And that is something that's just, that that's like next level kind of stuff. And I, I, I agree with you. I can't wait to actually go back and read all of the Wolverine stuff and really see. Because everyone's been talking how amazing it is, literally. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I go, I'm, I'm yeah. taking my time. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. You know, you give me the reading order and I read what to read. So I, I try not to go ahead because I want to stay true to the podcast <laughs> and everything. But, man, I'm super excited to read what's next. And I'm so glad that there's so much there's there's five issues out right now if i'm not mistaken of regular wolverine there is five issues out right now yep yeah that's yeah it's a that's awesome that's awesome yeah i can't wait to read those (laughs) you just nailed it on the head with percy getting at what logan is at the heart because i think a lot and a lot for these other characters right you can get what's going on in their brains you can get what they're saying out of their mouths but if it's not coming from this middle part of my chest right here or the middle part of the character's chest it's empty. It's soulless. Like a character that doesn't have heart is devoid of life and you can't connect with them. When you touch that soul, when you touch that character's inside feelings yes. of what they're actually doing and representing, that's how you know you're an awesome writer and you're doing your job well and how people and that's why people credit others with saying, "Hey, this is why this this creator does this character so well because they know what's going on." inside the hero's heart and and specifically what they're doing because of everything that they again that they've gone through and that they're feeling it's it's just a it's just a semblance or it's just and there's just just no words of what percy is doing here with logan you can tell that he loves the character it's it's all passion you can feel the this the craft the the craft that's going into a script and and it just it's just poured out on every single page the love that he has for wolverine who is arguably the most successful and popular x-man on the planet hands down hands how many movies does he have how many spin-off animes does this guy have you know and on top of that let's just let's not even talk about just how he feels about wolverine his character work across the freaking board is awesome with this new guy that they bring in that's the tournament for the bad guys you know how does he make me care about this character so quickly (laughs) you know like and i don't mean it's just an amazing yeah yeah, i agree (laughs) solemn like the the name alone just says like this guy's a badass and he's old (laughs) you know (laughs) you because that's the thing too we're introduced to a whole bunch of literal brand new characters in this event characters that we've never seen before Literally. Solem, you get the feeling that, like, well, A, because Wolverine's had Sabretooth for the longest time, and I don't want to sound like a weird broken record or have this weird unpopular opinion, but I, I, I like it when writers try to use different enemies against Wolverine so that, like, we get something new, we get something fresh. It's not the same old, ah, Sabretooth, I knew you were there, and, and right back at him. No, it's Solem really feels like a fresh addition to the Wolverine slash X-Men mythos. He's this sort of, he's sort of like Loki. He's like this trickster who gets you and, and I was about to say that. He literally does feel like Loki. He he is, he is total Loki vibes, total Loki vibes, but like on a way more evil, chaotic kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Loki is just, 
for the most part, you know, other than like the Game of Thrones Littlefinger version that we see in the MCU, he actually is just like, he just tries to play, he basically plays magical pranks. You know what I'm saying? That's how he gets down. This dude is on that same level, but he's like murdering people's like, um, like, um, husbands and wives and stuff, you know, and like murdering kids and like has a dagger that can send people to hell. Like, who has that? Who has that? He just has all these bags and tricks up the sleeves. I liked it in X-Force number 13, where he and Logan have this exchange, or, like, they meet up, and Logan's trying to, like, pummel through him with his... That's another thing, too, like you mentioned earlier, with the adamantium skin and the fact that he actually has it. Logan can't claw out of his way on this one. Yeah. Because he just... He can't tear it through his skin. It's not possible. So... You have to forge your way out somewhere else. It's not just like Logan can say, I'm going to scrap, put you to scraps and destroy you with his... No, it's like, he needs to be smarter than that. And I love that for Solo. He is a really, really cool character. Yeah, just... And once again, that's this talks about giving the more props to his writing because just like how a good Superman story is about making sure he can't do it just by punching things or flying fast or using laser, a good Logan story is making him figure how to do, out to do things without using his claws. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, he's got to fight, but now he has to go back to that, that samurai roots and he has to use the sword to take him out. And oh, it's just so cool. It's just so cool and so awesome. And so just like, how do you do that? You know, it's about it's supposed to be a sword fight. Obviously, he, he's got katana training. Okay, we know this, but like, it does, he's not going to stop him from using a sword, like his, his uh, claws. But what do we do? We give him someone that has literal adamantium skin. There you go. Now you're stuck. That's why they got to get this. Muramasa sword so that Logan can actually cut through this dude and and it's can I can I also say this is this is on a different tangential level but I really love the Wolverine cover for Exoswords where it's Cooper and he's freaking drawing Wolverine he's holding up his sword like this and he's got a whole bunch of swords singing out through his body I was like yo that is a badass cover for this event I was I was like whoa like that looks cool I I, I love all the tutelage and the, the just the fact that logan like yeah, logan just can't just can't get out of this way on this one he actually has to use his brain and and make a name for himself in the tournament by 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 not clawing his way out of this one yep can't he can claw his way out of hell he can't claw his way out of this <laughs> it's also crazy too like there's so many great like all like panel spreads i think in this or in these two issues too again this is a credit to Victor Bogdanovich and and what he's been doing with the title. I I love the two-page panel spread where like Logan is talking about I think it's in Wolverine where he's talking about like getting a sword or like making a sword is like a negotiation, there's a business and there's a deal and it's just monologue over artistic storytelling and it's so good. It's it's really beautiful like the art in these issues just beautiful. Bogdanovich nails Wolverine hell. And yeah. it's awesome. Definitely. Definitely. And oh, the hand. The hands being demons now. I hope this is regular canon now. I hope that Daredevil has to fight literal demons now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man, that would be fun. Just like in Chip Zdarsky's run, which is another run that everybody should be reading, by the way. Yes. Like, we have the hands show up, and they're all demons, and, and Daredevil, an actual devil, has to fight all these demons. It's like, oh my gosh. The stuff that they could do with this, 
Like, hey, man, this is this is good stuff. Like, this I is want next to level. See... This is next level. This is. I didn't expect a hand in here either. It was like, what the heck? They came yeah. here it... out of nowhere, <laughs> out of literally nowhere. I wouldn't have like the hand really, and then that panel because it's a page turn. You know, you're reading, you're like, okay, he's dealing with someone, he's dealing with someone, and then boom, it's the hand. I'm like, what? You crazy bastard! You did it! You did it! <laughs> the fact that Logan. Literally had his skeleton crafted away too because he fell in actual hell. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it got me. It was like, what? Logan almost died? Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. The, <laughs> yeah, he's died. Literally, it, but it's whatever. He's already out hell though. He's like, whatever. It's not like I'm going to transfer somewhere. I'm already here. And his whole monologue or his whole conversations that he has with Solom. And all this stuff, it's just, it was a great two issues, you know, of Wolverine and X-Force and getting these and setting it up for the next one. And I, that's another thing I really like, how they all just have to, once they get their swords, they have to stand at their spot and just until it happens. And they have to be there probably for days. I mean, Magic's definitely sitting there for days, you know, waiting for everybody, you know. And like Wolverine's sitting there like, let's do this. And then when Storm finally comes up, oh, Storm Story. Storm story. You know what? Before before we get into that, I want to ask you a quick question, and then we'll leave it off with the Logan stuff. Because again, amazing stuff, Percy. Keep killing it. Yes, but yes. Logan told our more because Solom got both of the Muramasa swords right in the whole fight or chikababble or whatever. Logan and he he he. The only way that Logan got the sword was because Logan gave him a favor, or Logan did something for him. What do you think Logan did to get the other Moramasa sword? What do you think I don't he know. gave uh, I don't know. It could be anything, right? It couldn't just be, like, money. Right? I, I, I don't think it could be money, because Logan's not that type of dude where it just pays off. It has to be something that's deeper. No, he's going to have to kill somebody in Outer World. It's, it's going to be something mischievous, you know, on that crazy high evil level that Solom is you know we, we have this ultra evil, evil Loki you know that's how I, that's how we see him now like that's it's canon now as far as we're concerned all right he's evil yeah. Loki like Solom really is Loki. Evil Loki yep yeah hands down and so it could be anything he could be like oh like maybe they're supposed to talk to someone at some point and Wolverine has to kill him right then and there you know we don't know we don't know and that's the thing it could be any Thing. It could literally be he just wants a milkshake. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the thing. We don't know. He's so chaotic. He's so nihilistic. He's so out of this, literally out of this world, but also figuratively. Like we don't know what it could it, be. Yeah. And it and it's something. It's something um, that when the reveal comes, I think we're all going to be really shocked. I really do. I think it's going to be just like the reveal of the hand. Like you will not see it coming, and then you'll be like, oh, of course. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> why, why wouldn't Logan do this for him? Yeah, maybe I don't. Yeah, I, the 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 immense the, the amount of options are possible. Just again, Logan has a lot of stuff. It's not money, but he can do stuff. He's not some like he's he's a five three dude, but he can he can do a decent amount of stuff for people. Oh, for it's, sure. It, it, yeah, could have just been a small favor. I, I actually think like, oh my gosh, he probably did something on a. Decent big ish scale, or something, yeah. I don't know, something of that sort. 
We have so. no idea. It could this this solemn dude really doesn't need Logan for really anything that he can't already do. So whatever he has him doing is going to be something crazy. That's all we know. Logan's great and all, okay, but we need to talk about what Via did with Storm in the Marauders issue. Oh my god. The whole First of all, first of all, right off the bat with the new outfit from Storm in all white. I mean, come on. Hello. So dope. 90s vibes, baby. I literally... I love her. I took screenshot of that, and I sent that to someone because of how dope it was. It's so freaking amazing. Yes, total 90s vibe, but updated, and that's ah, awesome. And where does she go? And where does she go? She goes to freaking Wakanda. Wakanda. Where does she go? She goes to Wakanda, and she goes to meet... With T'Challa, her ex-husband, mind you, to get the sword. And as soon as they said Vibranium, I knew exactly it, who it was going to be. It was obviously going to be Storm. And so, and then I was like, oh, and so he's got to have to go talk to T'Challa. And oh, so cool. So freaking cool. What did you think about the whole, like, relationship between the the Queen Mother and Shuri you know, and, and, and Storm. Like, there was a very, like, family kind of vibe. Like, beyond politics and everything. I felt like there was, like, s- still love and still, like, they still really are close. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, she cares. Shuri cares. I think that's the one thing about all of this is that they still all have some sort of familial loving aspect in regards to each other with all the history that Shuri and Aurora have both gone through and have had together. Like when they're eating and conversating over at the kitchen table or whatever, you feel that like, oh snap, like Storm is going through stuff. Shuri is trying to make sure that everything's okay. And it's like, whoa, like let me, let's dig at this. And, and it's, it, it really gets at you. It's like Storm is doing something for her country She's doing something and she's making a whole bunch of sacrifices for it. But you can really feel Shuri being heartbroken over uh, all of the stuff that Storm has been saying and, and talking about these the four horsemen and all of that nonsense. It's it, it gets at you because, again, of what those two have gone through, but also in the fact that you know that these guys are these guys are like they, they, they have bonds. They, there's a bond there. And it's something that touches you when you read it, I think. Yes. Yes. And on top of it, we're not just getting X-Men lore added to this. No. We even get to hear some Wakanda lore. You know, with the whole, with their swords and all their different weapons and the past kings and oh. And then we get to hear about the media. Like, you know, you can tell me I'm so sick of seeing, you know, Uncle Ben and the Waynes die. But I will never get tired of hearing how Wakanda got started with the meteorite and all that kind of stuff. That's always such a cool thing. It's always retold a different way, which is really awesome. And so this one was really cool too. And how they, I don't know if, was this a new sword? Like a literal new thing brought into canon here? Because I don't ever remember a sword like this with Black Panther books. No, it's I it probably just one of those like newer things where it could be stored up in all all the way in back in the weird facilities i really do like though the the swords presentation in the issue because the flashback art is great 
Like that flashback part when you get to see what Wakanda's like and how the sword was brought up and where it is and how it located from Storm's mouth. You look at it and you're like, whoa, I actually feel like this is Wakanda. I'm getting deep Wakandan vibes in this issue. It, it just really looked cool to look at those spreads where Storm is talking and all the flashback stuff's happening. And as a as a person, I, I, I thought that was really, really neat. I really thought it was neat. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Now, you can't ever go wrong with uh, lore about uh, old kings starting nations and killing people with one weapon. <laughs> like that's always a, that's always a fun thing, you know, and uh, just the way the way she goes about it, like. When I think of Storm, I already think of her as, like, a goddess. But, like, man, the way she's just like, I'm sorry, but, like, this is bigger than both of us when she has to fight these guys that are protecting the sword, you know? Because that's the thing. It wasn't just in, like, a vault. No, this was in a temple, you know? And so she she went hard. And she as soon as she goes, she changes into from the white outfit to the black outfit because it's about to go down. You know, the black outfit she's been pretty much wearing the whole time in the Marauder series. And she flies in and she's remembering her conversations with T'Challa and just, and then how, literally how to break, stop, like go through the everything and figure it out. And then she, there's some surprises of obviously I'm thinking like he's going to obviously add something to their security. How long, it, like their technology is like quadrupled every year. Like it's insane. Like they're, they're Wakanda, you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I think what I found interesting about this book, and you could argue that you could have put it in a different story, it would have been better. But this is, I think, the start of the the, the seeded roots of some Krakoan human war that it's going to come in the future. Because Wakanda was one of those countries that did not sign or recognize Krakoan sovereignty at the, in the beginning in House of X because they don't need Krakoan drugs. So for right. them, it was completely unnecessary to even side with this brand new mutant nation that just sprout up in the middle of the Pacific. So I real I re, I just found it interesting that they're that they dropped Wakandan slash Krakoan relationships and seeing how it's strained and how they're going to play through it in the middle of an event where two weird islands are going off against each other. So like we have Storm and Shuri and then Storm and T'Challa talking and they're all like, but but remember this. And and Storm's like, no, this is for Krakoa. I, I need to do this for my country so that we don't all fall. But they're also planting the seeds of now that they're, they're, there's mutual distrust on both sides because Krakoa just stole or snuck in one of their citizens to take something that belonged to them. That's right. And, and this Wakanda wasn't Storm. Is now... This is Krakoa. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is, this is once again, back to how they're not playing just for their team. They're not just playing for themselves. They're playing for a country and a people, you know? This is bigger, right? Like when, when Storm and Cherry, like they're talking like, this is bigger than us. Like this is bigger than both of us. You get that. You get that Storm yeah. is trying to fight for the fact that she doesn't want these demons and sword bears to take over the Krakoan island because she wants her people to be safe. She wants her like herself to be safe. She wants the, the marauders world. to be safe. The she world. Wants, right, because the whole they're, world, they're right? basically the only thing stopping them from coming in. Who's to say they're not going to, they are the, four, the original four horsemen. They will 
they're supposed to apocalypse it. You know what I'm saying? They're supposed to kill everything and destroy everything. That's their whole point. So, <laughs> you know, you have we have to stop these guys and storm breaking it. I actually had fun with this. I had fun with the storm breaking in and trying to get the sword thing. I thought the en- elemental part of the story, at least for that, or for, at least for me, was really cool to see how like she broke through all of this Wakandan technological cells and stuff and, and literally just tried to get into the room and get got the sword and fought all these guards. I thought that was really, and using her powers too. That was, that was cool to me. Like seeing Storm, like try to sneak in, but then she's like, yeah, no, nah, I, 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 I'm a freaking, I can, I can literally electrify you guys with my hands and powers. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And she's taken out the drones. She's taken out, the security and she's fighting priests which are basically warriors warrior monks you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and yeah and the whole time just the whole conversation in her head and and the flashbacks just all aiding to the forward motion of the of the fight like wow via is an unbelievably gifted writer i mean not to say and let and the art was the hit the tone so perfectly in every corner because you have this this bright moment you know what i'm saying where they're talking and they're loving and they're in the throne room and they're eating dinner and it's all this stuff you know what i mean and then it kind of gets darker because now it's stealth mission time and it's able to hit like both those that that kind of aesthetic so well yeah who who drew this again Matteo Lolly, he was the dude who was on the first arc of Marauders. Yeah, and he was brought back for this. I, I I thought it was really cool, like really good seeing. Yeah, I really loved the expression when when Storm like bowed down to the Queen, and sure, and like one of those panels was literally like Shuri like having those strained eyes, and she's being all suspicious. I thought that was a really cool panel. I was like, that's a neat expression. There's yeah, and it was just fun. It's really fun art, and again the flashbacks. Some of the most beautiful art I've seen from this run period. It, it is Definitely. really cool to see all all of that stuff. And you know, sometimes I guess short when, notice, yeah. Sometimes when they take artists off these things, it's because they have them working on other projects. And it looks like he really took his time with this, you know, because each page is gorgeous and top shelf. So it's a good thing they kind of moved him away from Marauders for a little bit, you know. And we gave him the focus on this issue because this is literally, like you said, it's one of the most it's one of the most beautifully drawn things of the entire Marauder series, like hands down. Okay, I also want to give, I guess, a short notice. Uh, rest in peace to because because Black Panther is in this, and I sort of have to give this tribute. But yeah, rest in peace to uh, the late great Chadwick Boseman. We yes. will miss you, sir. Uh, and and I it's weird too because like now I read all of. Black Panther stuff in the comics with his voice in my head. Like when he and Storm are talking, I'm thinking of nineties animated series Storm and and freaking MCU T'Challa, like in my yes. head. I, and and yep. it's crazy. It's like that's yeah, these that's two the are voice. reconnecting and I'd hear both of those guys. <laughs> I totally, I totally agree with you on that. Like just like how every time I reading the Batman comic, I hear Kevin Conroy, same thing with uh, Black Panther now. Whenever I see Black Panther and I'm reading Black Panther, I'm hearing Chadwick Boseman's voice, and I totally agree with you. Though That's my Batman, that's my Black Panther. I agree. I completely agree. And... Yeah. 
But and speaking speaking of speaking of voices and characters, can we talk about Mr. Sinister in this new world of X-Men and Hellions? Oh my god. I've been saying it's the best X book for years. Or not for years, just as like since March. <laughs> I have never had this much fun ever reading Mr. Sinister. Ever. Like ever. Um you always think of Mr. Sinister as like this creepy old dude. Back in the day when he was still like the non-jokey, all-serious villain who just wanted to steal Gene and Scott because if those two had a baby, I guess they make a perfect mutant, blah, 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 right? He's he's just this uh, stoic, I guess, and not even stoic. He's just a like no personality-wise to him. He's just an evil dude. What Wells brings to the table with this is a sinister... That has personality, that has charm, that has suave, and is a pompous bitch. And it's the best thing ever. Yes. yes. Like, ever. Yes. <laughs> like, so I, good. I can't. It's, it's so, yeah, because, yeah, he's always been sinister and evil and plotting and all this stuff. But to kind of see this kind of jokey, kind of laid back, like, silly dude that's all about his his cape and and like everything oh it's it's brilliant it's just so it's so freaking funny i love it can we can we just talk about because there's so much that i could literally pull from hellions number five because i think it does run that deep even though the hell the hellions have absolutely nothing to do with this event that's the funny part none of them wield a sword that's right none of them are in the tournament there's no stakes for them why even bring them in the book? And let alone have two issues too. It wasn't just one. It's they're they're here for two issues. Right. Yeah. Basically, just that, to do sh- yeah. just to do shady stuff, just to literally put Sinister in harm's way so he dies. That's literally that's literally what they're doing. They don't even care. They're like, yeah, sure, go ahead and do that, and yeah, take your team of criminals or whatever. And hey, why don't you go too? You know, hey, but I might die. I might die. And like, no, you. You, whatever, bro. Who cares? Bro, Who cares? We'll vote. I'm changing my vote. Like, it's so they're just like, go, just get out, of, dude. Just go, die. I don't care. And then he he's always trying to be shady, and it's so great to kind of see him because he's more in the com- comedic role now to really get like the other foot, like really like to see especially him at this, Exodus like, too. To see yeah. him in this in this comedic role and like trying to like be snarky with everyone and everyone is just snarks back at him and makes his life like worse. Like that's, that just makes it so great. You know what I'm saying? And the way he interacts with his clones and just oh, everything about him is just such great and new characterization. Who writes this guy now? Who writes Hell? Mr. Zeb Wells, the person who Zeb is well, the that explains of robot chicken. That explains the comp. That explains the comedy. Yeah. He he is so good at turning characters that really aren't funny into something hilarious. Like really, like I, it's it's like Donny Cates with Cosmic Ghost Rider. You know, you think Frank Castle in a comedic role. I don't know if I like this, but he nails it, and he nails it so right. And same thing with Sinister. He really, it's like I never would have thought I'd be laughing reading lines from Sinister, and he he kills me. He kills me, and he did this on Robot Chicken. You know, he, he makes, he makes thing, me laughing at like Harry Potter doing something crazy or, you know, it's just, it's, it's so, he, he, he brings the comedy out of, in characters and that's, that's what I love about his writing. 
I wouldn't have thought in freaking 2020 that I would the per, the most hilarious person on Krakoa isn't Sunspot, isn't one of the younger dudes. It's freaking Mr. Sinister, the man we literally all know who's this bad person who just who just wants to make a perfect mutant by cloning. Like who would have thought like this this dude in all black with a freaking black cape and freaking dark everything would be the most hilarious person on the island. I love the I love the way that he interacts with Exodus where he's just next to him and and they're all talking and they're like, okay, oh my gosh, these guys from Arakal, I don't know what to do. And Sinister just yells out, hey, let's have everyone's attention on me, please. And Exodus is just like, watch the tails, you old dolt. Watch where you're going. Tassels. He says, and, and watch Sinister the tassels. <laughs> And he's like, it's not tassels, it's plumage. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, and, and, and the way that he interacts and how he's just nonchalant about everything, he's like, okay, so we have 10 sword bearers from this island, cool. So what if we just go over to the island, go to the external gate, go in there, I'll have my squad in, we steal the swords, we bring them here, they forfeit, we win. It's, it's as simple as that. Who would have thought that Mr. Sinister would make such a dumb plan and that half of the council would agree to it. I, 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 I was like, you know what? Why not? It's smart. We don't have to fight. There won't be any bloodshed. And I'll just bring them back somehow. We, we know that he's doing illegal stuff on them. But yeah, it's like, okay, he's, he's just so, he's just so proud and pompous about it. He just doesn't care for whoever's on his squad. It's, it's really beautiful writing. It's great stuff for Sinister. And it just makes the book a whole lot more fun to enjoy oh, yeah. all the characters too like it's 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 like you've said this for a while it's it's suicide squad with mutants and man they like hit hit it so f- like the thing with like all the the all the characters like having to be on the horses and like dealing with with having an empath empath is such a dick like he writes him like such an asshole like even hope <laughs> Even the hope is like, God, I hate you. I hate you. You don't get it. At least be thankful that we resurrected you. (laughs) Yeah. Just be thankful we resurrected you. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. He's like, (laughs) he's literally like when Xavier, because you know how like in House of X number five, when literally everyone is serious in that book, right? Xavier's like, my child Cyclops, your home. Welcome back. And he does that with everyone, right? He's trying to do it here. And Empath's just like, dude. Shut the fuck up. I'm having none of this with you. Get out of my face, you old sweasel bat. And, and he's like, and yeah, he's like, like uh, okay. I've been I've been called. I got to go. Like, spy. Like, I, no one called him. He just was like, I got to go. I'm, I fuck this guy. Like, even <laughs> Xavier, who's, who's the omnipotent, the, the, you know, like every, I love it, all of you. You're all amazing. He's like, oh my God, I fucking hate this guy. I'm out. <laughs> Empath is just such a. I love and back to what you said about with him and Hope. Hope's just like this is a sterile environment. Don't spit in this stupid habitat. And he's like, hatch someone who gives a shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just he the one liners. The one liners in uh, written here from Zeb Wells is so freaking great. Like, every chance he gets, I'm just laughing at every freaking page. I was very upset that there was only 27 pages in this book. I wanted, like, another 15. Like, I was loving it so much. I know. This should have been an oversized, like, Marauders was with Storm. This should have been $5. Give us more Sinister content. Give us more Empath content. Give us more Scalp. Give us all of these guys. They're so fun. 
just so fun to again like back to sinister i love them tasseling with everybody and then again yeah what you said with magneto and he's like yo i want to change my vote let's let's actually do this let's have sinister you join him yeah and they don't even think he's going to do it they thought it was a stupid idea but the i the 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 thing that they really want more it's it's really a win-win for, for kokoa okay either a they go in and steal the sword and get a forfeit from them or b sinister dies and never comes back <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to deal with this weird dna shuffling buffoon on the council we don't have to deal with his pompous butt just sticking out against everybody else's like he's some sort of superior person i i i think you'll be more interested if you've actually when we read the first four issues because sinister does say some stuff where you're like oh snap this guy he because ha- he's got a big role to play on krakoa right he's the holder of every single mutant dna that's that's in this stupid whatever database right and like he he i think sinister legitimately sees himself as the person who gives life to everybody because he holds their codex he holds your strands and he holds your life it's 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 yeah. a literal thing and so it's definitely a god complex even he knows that for like, sure <laughs> can we talk about him talking to his clone for a second because i thought that was one of the more brilliant parts <laughs> oh of this issue i was dying i i, I was I, literally i was dying <laughs> And that that whole thing, without it, doing spoilers here, that whole thing is definitely going to come back later. At that whole sequence, there's definitely going to. It's not over with yet. You know what I mean? No. Oh yeah the the whole cloning farm, that is going to be a major plot point mm-hmm. in this whole entire run. Either a someone is going to find out, and Sinister is going to have to pay the price, or b. There's more than and this is the thing too with Sinister. There's more than what we know up to, there's there's more that's out there than what we actually know with this character. Because Sinister that's the thing too, like you think that all mutants who are on Kokoa are just gonna abide by the three laws or whatever that are in place on the island. Sinister is like the biggest wild card here. He doesn't care for like he just wants to see himself as this again, like you said, with the god complex. He's this all-encompassing mutant who literally holds Krakoa in his hands because he he has everything under his control and so take him out it's like it's I don't know it's just really interesting to see that like Sinister is in this important role but the fact that he's still Sinister like it's in his name right he's Sinister Uh, I, I love that Wells is keeping that in him even with the differences in hilarity and comedy that's coming out from him right now yeah no, um, we definitely, I can't wait for you to send me that email. Okay, we're covering Hellions. Because uh, I'm so excited to read more from Wells. It's, it's, he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. And I hope they give him more, more titles to do. I, what I also love about this book as well, not just from Sinister, all of the team, even though I, I have seldom read any of them in comics. Like I I've I haven't read much with John Gray Crow. I haven't read much with Na- with Nanny or Orphan Maker or the new Psylocke or Wild Child. Like the only person I'm really I really know here is Havoc, and that's because I've read Alex Summer stuff in the past. Right. He's but been everywhere. Fact, He's been an Avenger fact, for Pete's sake. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like X Factor Two with Polaris. Like Alex is just a person that I I'm I know. 
But these guys, I, I seldom know them. Like, but the fact that Sinister literally... And again, this is what I said in X-Force. When you make great team books, you have to make sure that all your characters... That you know what their role is on the team. They're also, they do know what their characterization is like. You know what their role is. You know how they play. And the fact that these are all different characters in the sa- in a weird dickish sense because of just, again, what all of them bring. Oh, boy. It's so much fun. Like, I didn't know that I, I again, I would need, I didn't know that I needed Empath in my life. I didn't know that I needed Grey Crow and Empath literally duking it out in my life. Like, these are characters that I, I literally have no idea who these like who these guys are but the fact that they're so open and i guess just easy for me to pick up on and seeing what the relationships are like it's it's just another part of zeb wells's brilliant writing that he brings with hellions like well, yeah, that's awesome and that's and see that's i think the also the cool point about all of this when you have these characters that basically don't have really much in there you know what i'm saying in the first place there's not much of them even in the mythos at all like you can play around with them you can make them whatever character you want you know what i'm saying he gets he gets to play in the sandbox as you like to always say with these x with this x office because that's what they're doing they literally just i guarantee you they're their their writer's room is just a bunch of toys and they and they're i would be surprised if there's not a sandbox in there that they sit around you know what i'm saying <laughs> because yeah, Jonathan that's what, probably that's what has a bunch of like those legends yeah yeah he's definitely has every legend and then he's like he's like playing with them he's like hitting them he's like yeah 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 because that it's ah it's so much fun and and like I like we're saying yeah he gets to build these characters that we really don't know much about and give us like the now their their versions of like thou how we're going to see them forever I can't ever see Sinister the same way again like this is just like in the Harley Quinn show with how they did Commissioner Gordon. Like there's no other Commissioner Gordon in my eyes except for the crazy, drunk, oversmoking, you know what I'm saying, wild man. You know what I'm saying? That's my Gordon. This is my sinister. This is my empath. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? For real. For real. Like I am never like when I rewatch some of those uh X-Men animated series episodes or read anything with Sinister in it again, be it from the Claremont stuff or the more recent stuff. I, I'm sorry, like, this is, this to me, if Sinister is not this joking, maniacal person who only cares about his pompous personality, he, he's not Mr. Sinister to me. Zeb Wells is literally crafting Mr. Sinister as if he were, like, the dude who was literally defining what his character is going to be like for the next 30, 50, 100 years. Like, this is character shaking. Like, this is... We are going to dial up the comedy to 100 for for this dumb mutant who just wants to create these clones. And we're just going to ride along and have fun with it. And to me, like, again, that the perfect example is with him talking to his clone about, hey, do you want your uh, illegal stuff leaked to this council? And he's like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Hold up. We did not agree to that. We, we yeah. need to stop. And then they have this. I, I was like. Yeah, because the, the whole, like, lying. of course, of course his clone, it's the clone of Sinister. Of course his clone's going to be Sinister, literally by definition. Of course he's going to try to screw over Sinister Prime, because that's what Sinister would do. You know what I'm saying? And, and Sinister's not even mad. He's just like, oh, why are we doing this? Because he's like, I totally get it. I don't want to go. And then the, without spoilers, the way that they figure out who's going to go is the funniest 
greatest thing I've ever seen, and such with such an important decision, how they make come up with it is just too good. And you think it's gonna be one like you're like, what are they talking about? What could it be? And when they actually do the reveal, of what it is, I was I was dying. I was literally dying. I I yeah. Please go read out loud. Yeah. Go read it. This go buy Hellions this... Five at your local comic store. Yeah, uh, yeah this and event. that's the. And that's the best thing about this event because I didn't read any X Factor, I didn't read uh, any uh, Hellions, I didn't read any of the Wolverine series, and yet I'm able to just jump on and read it and just figure out where I want to go. And that's what I love about events like this: make me want to read other stuff. Don't force me to read other stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I I love how it's set up. So you guys just go, even if you're not, if you're behind on your reading, just start with start with. Uh, x-men 12 and then hit and then right there the creation that's really all you need to do bada bing bada boom you will not miss just hop on it it's, it's so great and it gives you such a, a a wide net of stuff and you you'll see things you haven't seen before if you haven't read it but it's not going to make you lost so definitely you guys definitely check it out like this is one of the best events i've ever read in my entire life it is it, it really is I think what was the crowning cape for me on, on how, again, I enjoyed all of this, man, freaking the freaking Sinister and Jamie, <laughs> and they're talking, they're like, yo, I know we're not supposed to be here, but hey, we're here, and Jamie's like, you gotta pay up, dude. I, I don't want to have to tell the Opal, Mistress Luna, Saturnine that, hey, you're, 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 you're here on a legal duty. You can't be here. And he has to give up something very special and valuable that I hope one of the Sinisters, I won't say who it is for sake, but one of the Sinisters has to give it up. It's so hilarious. I, I, I found that was like, okay, you're really going to do that. And, and he's stuck without this for the rest of the book or yep. for the rest of the event, I should say. It's kind of like, oh my gosh. Oh no. What's <laughs> going to happen next? I also just love the sinister empath relationship where it's like empath's still a dick, but given the right motivation, he will still do stuff for you. Right. <laughs> it's it's so awesome. It's like seeing I wouldn't yeah, it's it's just see it's just cool seeing like this weird team leader and team member like say, Yeah, hey, I really don't wanna do this, bro. Kinda lazy, I don't feel like it. I just wanna be me. But then, yeah, you give him the right push, and voila, like, Empath is doing Sinister's dirty work. Straight up. Again, he's doing his dirty double. work, and he, he's really not, I mean, he's he's not really asking for much. Just pure humiliation. That's all he wants, is he just wants to humiliate people. Is that so much to ask to make sure that this super secret illegal mission goes off without a hitch? Yeah. And the Sinister... The the idea of all the sacrificing Sinister is doing for this it's it's gonna it's really interesting just to see more and more he has to give up to make this plan work it's how it unravels is going to be really cool and I can't wait to see like the like I always say I can't wait to see what's next right I want to know what Zeb Wells is gonna do in the next issue again these guys have no stick in the tournament because they're not sword bearers. And they're, they're just here because we're commissioned to be here. Our dumb team leader brought us here for the dumbest reasons ever. And we don't, we don't, we, we don't, we, some of us don't even want to be here, but we were here. We have to do it. I want, I want to know what happens to them in the next Hellions issue that's coming out next month. It's like, give me more of this. Zeb, Zeb Wells, 
Fantastic creator. I've always loved his stuff. I, I liked his Amazing Spider-Man issues. He's written a New Mutants run that is very underappreciated, and he's just bringing it to Hellions over here. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff that he's he's doing for the book and that he's doing for the X-Office. He, he needs two books. Why is he only on one? I, I know that he probably has TV scripts or other work in, in the books, but this man deserves another X title because this hilarity... And this slapstick not like nonsense still it has that dawn hawks pox dawn of x feeling right like this it still feels like that but there's an added I'm enjoying it because all the comedic beats are there and he does it so well yes his timing is perfection perfect and schlag as they say on on uh, the office <laughs> on the office I guess quick. Ish know before we head off and tell you guys about the next stuff that we're doing. The Dawn of X stuff supposedly is going to end or already has ended with X-Men issue number 12. That is because there are 16 Dawn of X trades out. The last Dawn of X trade, which is again volume 16, issue 12 of X-Men is the last one before we officially head into X of Swords. So whatever's coming out, whether it be the fallout to X of Swords or, or the next era. This is all going to lead into something brand new. This is this is again, this is an event that actually feels like an event. It's not something where it's we have like one overarching book and times you have to read and blah blah blah. And not like that's the thing too, I think, with a lot of Marvel books, especially as of late. A lot of these, the Marvel universe will never be the same. This this is this actually feels like the X-Men mythos is going to change. For the better or worse, we don't know yet, but it, it's an actual event that has stakes. It feels like something. Yeah. And and again, you have to give credit to the X office and where it's due on making us give a damn about these characters and about these sore bears and this tournament. Who it, it's who, it's amazing. Who's not going to survive? We're going to. I'm on my my prediction right now is that we are going to lose a main character. We don't know who yet, but we're losing a main character. I hope it's not Magneto. I've loved Magneto so much, but I could totally see them R.R. Martin in us right now. All right, <laughs> and this is basically there's, the there's, end of this is basically yeah. the end of season one right now, and that we're gonna. I hope we don't get Ned Stark's head cut off here. <laughs> <laughs> what I hope, like again, the storytelling so far has been fantastic in the build up to this eventual tournament. These the the sword bearers of Krakow versus the sword bearers of Araco. Nothing but pure fantastical fascination with literally every single issue that's come out. Like every single issue, there's something in each book that we can appreciate and take from and be like, hey, that was a really good issue this week and this is why. And again, every single X of Swords issue from Excalibur 12 up to now with Hellions number eight or if number Hellions number five, nothing but pure fantastical fun. It's, it's, again, it's a testament to all these guys working together and making sure that the story is coherent and, most of all, having fun. Because that's the most important thing. If you aren't having fun with your comics, why even bother? But the fact that we're that readers are having fun, we're having fun, and these guys are, you know, creating the books are having fun. It, it speaks a lot to, again, what they are doing here in, in the X office. Definitely, definitely. And so with that, I'd like to thank the Grand Geek Gathering, our amazing hosts of this podcast, for actually hosting a content. Please go over and check their stuff out, guys. The podcast, articles, literally everything. All of our peers over there are doing awesome work. 
at thegrandgeekgathering.com. That's at thegrandgeekgathering.com. Again, go check the go check it out. You guys will not be disappointed with any of the stuff. You you will be fascinated about what they're doing. Yeah, and I also like to we are my we are subpar yeah. compared to some of those guys on there. Seriously, unbelievable yeah, content, they, they, you guys. Do not miss out. Gamer Rassalon, all your guys, indie comics, it's it's all amazing stuff. Please go, guys, go check them out. And also in that, go follow Dylan on all platforms. Thank you again for being here. Live it, Instagram, at Mr. Dylan Gray. That's at Mr. Dylan Gray again. Thank you for being here, as always, talking about X-Men. It's always fun, dude. Mutants are fun. I, I, I know, again, just having a blast. So thank you again for, for joining me here today on this pod. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Probably sometime next week. <laughs> No time next week, indeed, too. Yeah, with that, guys, that, that, is going, that is going to be it for this installment of X of Swords. We will see you all the next time with the Professor.